Your, your prayers and your finances have extremely blessed nations. You have touched nations through us, and we have, we want to thank Scott Biswamek. Um, he has, I gave him about three or four stick drives, and he compiled a bunch of pictures and clips to show you what Jesus did, and he is greatly to be praised. So I want you to watch a six-minute clip, and then each of us are going to share. So let's watch what Jesus did in Kampala and Jinja, Uganda. Hello, church. <laughs> I found that the people in Uganda were very welcoming. They were very hospitable. They wanted to serve. Um, and that was true, of, of course, in the people in the church, but also those without, um, especially in the hotels where we stayed. The poverty and the need are very great there, as you can see somewhat in the presentations. But with what I saw, they're also very hardworking and very um, happy people. A side note, the weather was beautiful while we were there. <laughs> it was in the 70s, pretty much as far as I know, the whole time. Now, they did have some rain. In fact, they had some very horrendous um, rainstorms, thunderstorms, but it was considerate enough to always do that in the early morning time, so never when we were having to be out in it. <laughs> so anyway, as most of you know, our trip to Uganda was supposed to have been last fall, but um, how many of you know that God's timing is not usually the timing that we would choose? And when our trip to Uganda for the Destiny is Calling conference needed to be canceled, Pastor Henry then was hoping that we could come in December. However, we found that the timing for our trip right now was exactly what was needed. Um, Pastor Henry shared that most of his congregations, and he has a main in, in Kampala and then several satellite churches, um, that many of them had not had any or very little biblical teaching during the mandated shutdown in Uganda. Most do not have Bibles, nor did they have any way to receive the messages that had been put out on Facebook. So our coming was an incentive to bring most of those back who were still somewhat fearful of congregating, or maybe they had even lost interest during that time in coming back to church. So our time in Jinja and in the church conference in Kampala was a wonderful jump start to many whose spiritual lives had grown cool. We saw the contagious, convicting power of the Holy Spirit at work in many lives, and you did too as you watched this. My favorite memory of the trip was being able to pray individually for those who needed anointing and prayer. They were so hungry and open to receive from the Holy Spirit. And although I did not witness physical, miraculous healings, I did witness spiritual, miraculous healings in the faces of so many that we prayed for. And also, there were many testimonies of um, pain, and different ailments in their bodies that had been relieved. So I thank you. I thank you from the bottom of my heart for praying for us, for supporting us. I am blessed. I feel honored and privileged 
to be a part of this team. Thank you again. God bless you. It's so good to be back. I would like to thank you, Calvary Church family, from the bottom of my heart, for making this missions trip a possibility. I want to personally thank you for all the prayer and financial support that you blessed our team with so that it became a reality. I was blessed beyond measure on so many levels by your generosity and love and by the Ugandans' generosity and love. It was an honor and a privilege to go and be God's hands and feet and share his love with the people of Uganda. Last year we were scheduled to go, but our trip got postponed due to the flights being canceled. But we were still able to participate in the Destiny is Calling conference last August via videos and live streaming. And then God opened the door for us to actually go. But God. God had a better plan. With this trip, we had the opportunity to share with the people of Kampala, Jinja, and the South Sudanese Church, which has only been with Pastor Henry for the last five months. I was blessed to work with the children in Kampala and Jinja, to praise God with them, and to share the gospel of Christ with them through skits and puppets. I was so blessed by their beautiful smiles and their hugs, and it was so easy to love them. It made my heart sore on Easter Sunday when the kids joined us with the puppets singing Amenta Dea. I also had an opportunity to share a message with Gospel Extension Ministries Church in Kampala and another message of hope with the South Sudanese Church for their resurrection service, along with the opportunity to lay hands on them and pray for their needs. It was an honor to partner with Pastor Henry Musana, who has such a passion for his people. He goes above and beyond to help all those in need. I am so grateful for all the lives that have been touched through this partnership of Gospel Extension Ministry and Fragrant Fire Ministry. The angels were busy dancing in heaven with so many lives that were saved. And God was very pleased with their obedience, and he is smiling on all of us that we were involved in making an eternal impact. In 1 Corinthians 3, 8 and 9, it says, He who plants and he who waters are one in purpose, and each will be rewarded according to his own labor. For we are God's fellow workers. We are all his fellow workers. Thank you again, and may God continue to bless your lives. Um, something I learned there was uh, the Lugandan word for praise God, which I'd like to share with you today. Uh, it's Makama Yamazibwe, so <laughs> it's kind of fun. Um, 
I got to work with the kids, as Judy said, and it was really fun. Um, there was so many of them, like so many. And uh, we got to know every single one of them, and it was very, very fun. They had high energy. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess I just, I have been wanting to go overseas to do missions for a very long time, um, ever since I was little. And that's like my calling to life. That's what God wants me to do with my life. So it was really cool to um, experience that. And I hope it continues. So thank you for your support again. <laughs> thank you. Just real quick, a little uh, highlight uh, for, for, for me. So proud of the team. They did incredible with the different sh culture shock, different foods, and the, we call it the deep tissue African massage. And that means when you're driving, there's a lot of potholes. And there would be the deep tissue African massage. Yes, it, it went deep, and uh, I applaud. You know what? The Great Commission is not age or gender specific. He commands all of us to go, no matter what. And I'm very, very proud and thankful for this opportunity to share. Um, just, I want to share a little bit of my highlight before we preach. Um, my highlight would be, everybody see this picture over to my right, your left, the tall, skinny man in Jinja. He came forward for the first, he was from another village, and we helped, you helped, to pay the transportation for many people to come in from different villages. He was one of them. And he gave his life to Jesus Christ. Not just that. Not just that. At the same moment after he came forward with the other line of people that you saw in the video presentation, they all came forward. Um, we prayed for the baptism in the Holy Spirit. That man not only got saved, he got filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. He received his first Bible that he has ever had. And he was able, the seeds that you gave like physical seeds, they were bean seeds, we were able to give out to at least about 100 family units for self-sustaining and preservation for their future, not only to get the seed of the Word of God saved and filled the baptism of the Holy Spirit, but he got seed to take home with him for sustaining for his life. And to God be the glory and be the praise for that. And what is fun, what is, what is fun is that... Um, Next weekend, Pastor Henry is going. They're dedicating a new gym sanctuary church in that same village that this man is at. He is going to be, continue to be discipled and grow in the Lord. So give Jesus praise for what he has done. Amen. Hallelujah. Isn't God good? Hallelujah. I don't know, I'm coming off a very lively African church, folks. I'm just giving you advance warning. Might just get a little happy here. Uh, from the beginning of this year until now, I'm not sure if you could read it as very well, but Jesus has saved with Fragrant Fire Ministries 6,633 people. All praise and glory goes to the Lord. And there's been 2,366 people that Jesus has healed. So isn't the Lord great? 
Hallelujah. Now, before, because somebody asked me if I would, so I want to make sure I inserted this. In fact, it's one of the women's ministry uh, uh, ladies that are in leadership there. She happens to be the vice president of Fringer Fire Ministries. Lisa um, asked me to make a short announcement. Hey, I'm going to be here this Saturday again, coming Saturday, all ladies. Um, we're going to be talking about the overflow of the Holy Spirit. You're going to want to be here. I believe the Holy Spirit has something for each of you. And, and not just to eat physically, but um, to have spiritually. And so if you want more of the Lord, and if you say, I'm ready for that, we want you to come. Can somebody say hallelujah? And just be with a bunch of ladies and uh, eat and have a great time in seeking the Lord. Please uh, look at your bulletins that you have here. I guess there's a little tear thing here that you can perforate and uh, sign up. I guess this is for knowing how many are going to be here. So let the ladies know how they can organize and uh, how they can prepare the food for you. Because, hey, there's no meeting without eating. And um, that's what I'm even talking about anyway in the message because we like to eat, right? And so if you could do that, please just read a little reminder. If you want to do that right now so you don't forget, then you can go out later and uh, I guess turn that in at the, um, um, what do you call that out there? Welcome. Welcome. Thank you. I'm still a little jet lag. It's all good, though. Hallelujah. You know what? The people there in Uganda had an insatiable appetite for the presence and power of the Lord. A hunger for the power of the Lord. Their appetites were wetted, and uh, they were not ready for us. They were just ready to receive whatever they had, the fullness of all God has for them. And God wants everyone to be full. In fact, he says in his word, he says, oh, that my house may be full. He not only wants his temple and his churches to be full of people hungry for him, but he wants us to have our temples, our bodies, full of all he has to offer us. Can somebody say hallelujah? Hallelujah. Now, um, I, I, I know, I, I for one, I like to eat. Anybody else want to join me in that? Yeah, so, man, I appreciate eating eating some really good food. And some of you, probably your favorite song as he, he feeds me at the banquet table and he feeds me at the banquet table and he feeds me and you just forget the next line because you're just enjoying him feeding you at the... Or for those more modern uh, songs, we are hungry, we are hungry, we are hungry for more, right? Yeah, because we enjoy food. In fact... True scenario, I will tell you, when I was sitting last week, Easter Sunday, Pastor Henry invited us to come to his banquet table at his house. And boy, what a banquet it was. That table was loaded. They were blessing us big time. And it had so many things, from sweet potatoes to uh, a banana thing, matuka, something like that, matuke. It's a banana, like it's a kind of potato banana thing, as well as regular potatoes and uh, chapati, which I'm familiar with because that was in Southern Asia where I was at at one time, and rice and sauces. And um, I, I dug in. I, I was 
being fully full. However, I noticed after some time people were laughing around the table, and I was completely clueless as to why they were laughing. Savannah was sitting next to me laughing hysterically, and I'm like, what? And she's like, Renee, do you hear yourself? I'm like, what? Apparently, and I've been accused of this before, I have an audible expression of my delight of food when I'm eating. Because I apparently, from what they say, I was enjoying it going, mm, oh, mm, gum, yum, yum. And it, it was quite audible. If you're really hungry and you're delighting in the presence of the whole food, of the fullness of what God has to offer you, there will be some kind of audible expression. There'll be some kind of expressive hunger. Can somebody say hallelujah? That is there. Can somebody say hallelujah? If I am invited to someone's house for dinner, it's they are opening their life to you. If I am inviting someone over to my house, I don't take that lightly, folks. That's like I'm wanting to welcome you into my life. All we have is our lives, people. That's all we have. And if someone is opening up their table, they're actually opening up part of their life. And Jesus wants to extend his banquet table of everything spiritual he has to offer us. His very life. He wants us to have and for us to know him and to be known. I don't take that lightly going over to someone's house because I feel like this is their life. They're opening their life to me. I'm opening my life to them when I invite them over. And the Lord wants to open up and saying, I've come that you might have life and that you have it to the full. And he wants his house to be full. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There is a term called hangry. Anybody familiar with that term, hangry? Um, it is actually a legit physi physiological thing. And uh, the definition is bad-tempered or irritable as a result of hunger. Now, don't point any of those individuals out that are here in this congregation. But actually what happens, it is when your blood sugar falls, uh, the two hormones are kind of released in an attempt to kind of raise it back together. And those are the two hormones that can actually make you irritable and crabby. Because maybe you have skipped breakfast and it's telling you that and you become irritable and cranky. Now, if we just happen to get irritable and cranky because we skip out on a meal, how much does it deeply affect us physiologically and in our bodies if we skip out on Jesus? Just one meal of fellowship or talking with him, skipping out on church, skipping out on what he has for us, how much more? Do we become irritable and maybe cranky? He wants his house to be filled. You are his temple. 
He wants you full of him, full of him. We read about that in Luke chapter 14, 22 through 24. Jesus gives this parable. A parable is uh, a teaching that Jesus gives to relay a lesson. And Jesus is giving a parable. He said, go out quickly into the streets and alleys of the town and bring in the poor, the crippled, the blind, the lame. Sir, the servant said, what you ordered has been done, but there is still room. Then the master told his servant, go out to the roads and country lanes and make them come in so that my house will be full. I tell you that one of those men who are invited will get a taste of my banquet. Who is he talking about previously before he says go out and get the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame? Well, Jesus says in this parable that he tells his servant, I want you to go out and I want you to invite people to come in. And when you're giving an invitation, you're hoping that someone comes through for you, right? Because they're offering you part of their lives. But the first said this. There's an excuse in Luke 14, 18. It says, the first says, I have just bought a field and I must go see it. Please, excuse me. In other words, can I be so blunt as in saying? I'm full of my field of work and I don't have space for you. I'm full of my field of work and I don't have space for you. Here's a pondering point that you might want to chew on. You make space for what you want to be full of. You make space for what you want to be full of. If you want to be in the presence of someone, you will make space for them. And if you want to make space for the presence and power of Jesus in your life, you will make space for them if you want to be full of of him. Hallelujah. It's like eating a scrumptious meal at someone's house, right? It's like you go and you, and I, I've been really blessed to be able at some of your tables. I consider it a great honor and a privilege. And I'm, I'm eating there. And if you know, and I've been there, you know, I enjoy eating. And so um, I'm eating of the big meal that you have. And then all of a sudden they say, oh, wait, there's dessert. And you think into yourself, oh, my goodness, I'm full. I've just stuffed myself. But then they say you're dessert, and you're thinking, oh, well, maybe I can make a little more space. Or maybe I can find some space, correct, to put it. Find some space. Offer me some chocolate-covered strawberries. And I'm like, well, I can definitely try and find some space for that, correct? Because here's the truth. Your behavior reveals your hunger. Your behavior reveals your hunger. It did for me at Pastor Henry's house. I was audibly giving expressions <laughs> while eating expressions of hunger. In the Bible, there is several people that were expressing their expression of hunger for a need. Two couple stories. There was a synagogue ruler named Jarius, and his daughter was 12 years old, and she was dying. And this man loved his daughter, and he heard about Jesus. He could have, being the synagogue ruler, sent someone to go get Jesus. But there's sometimes when you are in need of the presence of Jesus, not just on the outside, but coming on the inside of your house and your family, 
that you said, our family cannot make it out without Jesus coming here, that our house may be full of his presence. So this father, an expression of his hunger, goes to find Jesus, is saying, I must have you come. Your presence must be here at my house with my daughter inside. I want your full, full, full presence to be here. While he was there, there was a woman for 12 years had an issue of blood. She was weakened and she was anemic and she had great need. Although she was weak, she crawled and made her way to the Lord because she had given all she had to the doctors. Now she had nothing and so she had an expression of hunger. If I can just touch the hem of his garment I will be made whole. So her expression was, if I just reach out, and I'm pretty desperate right now, I will be whole. You make space, no matter your weakened condition, no matter what, you make space for what you want to be full of. They did. Their behavior revealed their hunger. In Luke chapter 14, verse 19, another says, I have just brought five yoke of, bought five yoke of oxen, and I'm on my way to try them out. Please excuse me. In essence, in Renee's translation, it's saying, my purchase of my sacrifice outweighs more than what you sacrificed and purchased for me. My purchase of my yoke of oxen outweighs more than what you sacrificed and purchased for me, Jesus. I want to enjoy my yoke rather than have it lifted by your sacrifice. Isn't that like people today? They want to enjoy the weight of the burden that they carry. And they'd rather have it on themselves rather than making the space for Jesus to have him lift it from them. But oh, how we make excuses. Correct? Still another said, I, I just got married so I can't come. Luke 14, 20. So here's a question to ponder from that verse. Does your passion for fullness come from something God created and not from him who created it for you? Does your passion for fullness come from something God created and not from him who created it for you? In other words, the three people that through this parable Jesus mentioned that the master banquet says, come and invite them for the meal I have for them. And the servant went out to the three people, the one who bought a field, bought five oxen, and I'm getting married. In other words, I do not have an appetite for what you have to offer me anymore. Isn't that where we are today sometimes in this world? There is no more of an appetite or a hunger from what Jesus has to offer us anymore. Oh, may there be some that want a passion for fullness in their lives to say, Oh, God, that you may fill my house, that it might be full of you, that you fill my empty seat next to me. Oh, that your house be filled. Lord, I, I'm carrying the passion you have for your house and for what you want for me. I'm carrying that passion that I want to see the fullness of you and others and in your house. Are there any people that are like that here this morning? The servant came back and reported to the master. 
In Luke 14, 21, the owner of the house became angry when the three people made excuses. Became angry. Does Jesus get angry? Oh, he did in this parable. Became angry and ordered his servant, go quickly, go out quickly. I pardon any errors, jet lag, I, all excuses. Jet lag. Go out quickly into the streets and alleys of the town and bring in the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. Sir, what you've ordered has been done. So it's interesting. The first excuse was, I have an excuse because I just bought a field. Interesting enough that the first person that Jesus commands the servant to go and get is the poor. The poor. Sometimes we who are employed don't have as much hunger as the ones who aren't employed. And Jesus and implies that, you know what? I believe they're hungry and they have need of me. The poor will be hungry for what I have to offer them. The Bible says in Matthew 5, 3, because there's people who are poor, both financially and poor in spirit. He says, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. What does that mean? I realize that anymore I am not self-sufficient on my own spiritually anymore. Jesus, I realize I cannot do it on my own anymore. I need you in my life. Blessed are those who are no longer spiritually self-sufficient. If you feel you're lacking and you are in need and you're weak, God says, blessed are you for yours is the kingdom of God. Kingdom in the Greek means basilia in the Greek. And that means authority. God says, for those who feel poor, you feel weak and ill-sufficient in yourself, guess what? My authority is yours. You have my authority. You have my power. Isaiah 40, 29 says this. He gives power to the weak. Isn't that encouraging? He gives power to the weak. If you're weak today, he wants to give you his power. If you're poor in spirit... He wants to give you power. And to those who have no might, he says he increases strength. Isn't that good to know? So he says, all you who are poor in spirit, all you who are poor, he says, come. I have something at my table I want you to have, my fullness. Do you remember the second excuse, the one who bought the five yoke of oxen? Those are five yokes. What did Jesus say? And the second thing, he says, now I want you to go out and I want you to get the, not just the poor, but the crippled. Do you know what crippled means? I looked it up in the original Greek. Some member of the body is injured. Let that sink in. Somebody, some member of the body is injured. Going further than just the physical of being crippled. Is there somebody in the body that is here today that is injured? Jarius was a synagogue ruler. He felt the pain of his daughter being ill. Jesus came and raised her up and made her whole. Jesus healed the woman who had the issue of blood. 
That's what he does. They were injured. There was a woman who was a daughter of Abraham, the Bible says, who was bent over a daughter of Abraham. That means that she was what a child of God. She was bent over for 18 years, injured in body, and Jesus healed her. Are there people that are crippled here today? Is there a member of the body who is injured? Jesus says, go out and get them. I want them to come into my presence. I have something I want to offer them today that they may be full of my power when you're weak. They may be full and I will increase your strength. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There's a third excuse to say, well, I just got married and I, I, I can't come. <laughs> it's interesting to know that the third thing that Jesus says to go out is, is the blind. <laughs> and uh, the, the blind, meaning mentally blind as well as physically blind that they can't see. Bring in those who cannot see. It's so easy when we can see things visually to compare ourselves to other people and what they have. But when you lose one part, other parts of your senses are heightened. And he says, those who feel blinded or fogged by today, and you're mentally or physically ailing cataracts, or maybe you're having trouble with anxiety or depression, whatever it might be, other things become heightened. Thank God you have your ears for you for you to hear him calling out to you, come, come and get what I have to offer you today. May your passion be with the fullness of hearing and knowing someone for who they are and not what they appear to be. Know Jesus for who he is, not just for the need, because your loyalty can change sometimes with need. Sometimes, you know, don't be loyal to Jesus just because you have a need, because then when your need changes, and so does your loyalty. But you're like, Lord, I know that all you have is what I want. And I want to be full of you. Let my house be full. You see, there is a big difference between invitation and bringing. There is a huge difference between invitation and bringing. And if the praise and worship team could, could make their way up, that would be great. In Luke 14, 17... It says, at the time of the banquet, he sent his servant to tell those who have been invited to come. At first, the master of the banquet is telling his servant, I want you to go out, and I want you to invite the people, the one in the field, the one with the oxen, the one that just got married. I want you to invite them to come in. But they all made excuses, and they didn't come. The original in this world, in this word, invite 
means to call out in a loud voice. So the servant is calling out, giving the invitation, or like calling on the phone, or giving somebody, hey, I want you to come to this banquet. My master is serving you this banquet, and da-da-da-da-da. There's a difference. He says first to go and call them. But when they did not come and they made excuses, it shifted from calling out. Don't call them out anymore. Because they will get nothing of my invitation. They will get nothing of my banquet. All those who made excuses, they're not going to get anything. Then he says in Luke 14, 21, then the owner of the house became angry and ordered his servant. He ordered his servant this time. Go out quickly into the streets and the alleys and the towns and bring in the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. The difference between invite and bringing. Do you want to know what the original is with the word bring? It means this, to lead in. First, the servant is calling out, but they're not coming. Then he says, now I'm ordering you, servant or servants, I want you now to lead them in. What does that mean? I want you to show them what it's like to have a passion and hunger for the Lord. I want you to be the ones that are expressing that, oh, God, I need you. I need you now, Lord, to come into my life and have the fullness of you. He is saying to his servants and ordering us now, you lead them in. Don't just call them out. Don't just get in. You be the example of saying, Lord, I hunger and I thirst for your righteousness. I hunger and thirst for all that you have for me. And by you being the example, servants, lead them in. Let your passion drip off on others. They'll say, I got to go to the house to where they are going so I can be full of what they are full of. Can somebody say hallelujah? You demonstrate the hunger for fullness. You demonstrate the passion for him. Do you want your house to be full of him? He wants his presence to be full in you today. He wants this house to be full of people. Oh, that my house be full. Hallelujah. Jesus is giving us an offering to come to him and to his house. His kind of what banquet table. His smorgasbord of delights that he has kind of up here. And the thing is, is you have to come to get the meal he has for you. Some people, you might need the meal and a taste of his forgiveness of sin. I don't know if you've ever been in a relationship with many people and you feel like there's a wall between you and that person. And you feel like you can't get through. And um, you just know there is a wall. of And, and the Bible says that wall is kind of like sin between you and your relationship with God. 
You can't communicate well, can't have a good relationship because there is a wall or a barrier that is there with your relationship with them. The thing is, is Jesus in his smorgasbord of delights has a big old spatula up here that is kind of going to go boom and can break down. He is our peace that has broken down every wall, every barrier that is there. And he wants to restore his relationship with you, but sin is in the way and he wants to remove that sin. So you can have a relationship with him. We call it being born again. And come into a new life with Jesus. I don't know about you, but I at one time needed a new life in Jesus. I willingly admitted and confessed I've sinned. I've done it intentionally. But Lord, I want to be now full of you and not make excuses anymore. Excuses about work. Excuses about what I'm doing. Because you know what? Maybe I'm just not as hungry for you as I was before, and now something has peaked in me, a hunger and a desire to be filled with the fullness of God. If that's you today, and you say, I need Jesus in my life to forgive me, I need a new life in him. I've sinned. Whether this be your first time or your 50th time, the thing is, is you need to come to the table of Jesus and receive what he has to offer you, salvation and healing, forgiveness. Raise your hand if you say, that's me today. Okay, one, I, two. I'm so, raise them high so we can like, I am jet lagged. You got to help me out here. Okay, raise your hand. One, two, three, four. How many more? Four. Is there more? Okay. We want to give an offer for you, actually, to come forward at this banquet table and, and receive and pray with people to receive the Lord. But I know the call goes out because there's still room. After the servant went out and brought in the, the poor and the crippled and the lime and the blind, there was still room for more. I don't know if there are people here today that you say, I am, I'm crippled, I am poor in spirit. That means I, I feel very weakened. I need the Lord. I can no longer self-sustain myself anymore. I need Jesus more in my life. I feel crippled, a member of my body, either physically or spiritually or emotionally. I am weakened, and I am part of the body that is injured, and I need Jesus to heal me and touch me, touch my life. Maybe that's you. There is an open opportunity for you to come forward to receive all that Jesus has for you today for healing, for healing. If you need deliverance from anything, we want to make sure that you're prayed for, that your house, your body is full. Jesus wants you to be full. He's inviting you into his house and to his place today for you to get to know him personally, not only as your Savior, but as your healer as your deliverer, and as your filler with the fullness of him. And um, the Bible does say to pray for those, to pray with them, to lay hands on them. I will tell you this. Pastor Henry told us as we were traveling to the airport, he said, I want you to know that everyone that he's talked to, because he was very big on us actually touching people and laying hands on them and praying for them. He said every person that was prayed for, Either something was lifted from their life 
or the Lord downloaded or imparted something to them. That's what the power of touch does, and that's what the power of God does when we pray for other people and intercede for others. Hallelujah. We want to see Jesus fill your house full of all of his glory in his garden of delights. Hallelujah. So if that's you, how many say that's me? I need, this message was for me. Raise your hand. Okay. This altar is open for you. Stand to your feet and come to the Lord's banquet table that your house may be full. Some of you need to show the way and be that servant and lead the way in. Lead the way. Show how passionate you are and your need for the Lord. We thank you, Holy Spirit. We thank you, Holy Spirit. We thank you, Holy Spirit. We thank you, Holy Spirit, for drawing people and leading people to more of you. We thank you, Holy Spirit.